Notice in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. That's not a compliment right there. It says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. So in this passage, the Apostle Paul, he's getting on to these people. He's telling them they're carnal He's telling them that they are babes in Christ because these people are finding their identity in men. They're like, I want to, they're all wanting to identify with men. I'm a Paul, I'm a Paul, I'm a Cephas. And he's saying that's carnal. And because of who they were identifying with, because there were differences there, people are fighting in the church over this. And the Apostle Paul just makes a very clear point here that should have been hard for these people to understand that all we are are ministers by whom ye believed. It's God that gave the increase. It's God that ultimately saves people. We're just, we're just ministers that God used. We're just, we're just a mouthpiece. We're something that, you know, we just, we're being obedient to God, doing what He said, but it's ultimately His message that saves. It's the work that Jesus Christ did that saves. And, you know, we're just blessed to have a little part in that. But often, people who are carnal, people who are of the flesh, they would rather get all interested in the men rather than God. And folks, that's very carnal. Now, why would they do that? Well, because it's a whole lot easier to, you know, love a man who's there physically to support a man who's there physically that you can see, that you can touch, you can hear rather than God who is invisible, rather than God that we've got to trust in by faith. I mean, it actually takes some spirituality to trust in God. It actually takes some spirituality to trust in God and not trust in a man. But yet today, we live in a world and we have, there's churches where people are obsessed with men, where men are the focal point. And that's, that's a, that's a pretty common thing. But just understand, it means you're carnal. And understand too, that someone when they first get saved, they're going to tend to be that way. Because they are a babe in Christ. So if we have somebody that comes in here, they come to our church, and you know, and they're all, you know, they're all about like a Pastor Anderson that got them saved, and that's just all they want to talk about. Well, you know, that's fine. They're a babe in Christ. But you know what? If years later from now, that's all they still want to talk about. We got a problem right there. Okay, it's time. It's time you grow up. Okay, I understand. Right now, you might be here because of. You know, a person because of an association. All right, but folks, that's carnal. You better get over that real quick. You know, you better grow out of that because the last thing we want to do is just be a church that just never grows up. A church that you only has babes in Christ. We're always going to have some babes in Christ, and they're welcome. But we want to help them grow up. We want to help them get some meat because if we stay babies, we're going to stay fighting. There's going to be endings, there's going to be all kinds of junk going on. And what I want to do in this message this evening 
is I want to I want to do a message. This could kind of kind of go along with my decently in an order series I did, and in the decently in order series, I went through a bunch of different areas where we as a church we need to judge some things. Not everything is spelled out for us in the Bible. There are some things that we need to judge, and we need to judge those things based on Bible principles. Now, what we're going to be looking at tonight, this is something that I judged a long time ago. Okay? And I can prove to you, I judge this, uh, there's proof that I judged this a long time ago. This is something that I thought, of, I, I thought about a long time, time ago. I made a decision on a long time ago. You know, even in the last uh, you know, a couple weeks and even several months ago, you know, I was challenged to make a decision. And the truth is, the most difficult decisions, it's better off if you've already made a decision on that before the situation comes up. You know, what do you mean by that? Well, for example, often maybe a, a young man is maybe interested in a, another girl who maybe she's lost. Okay? And he finds herself, himself emotionally attached to her. And then he's got to make a decision. Am I going to do the right thing and follow God and not be unequally yoked? Or am I going to take a chance with this girl? Well, the truth is, you should have made that decision a long time ago before you ever met this girl and said, you know, it's just not going to happen. And what I, what I want to preach about tonight is judging our associations. Okay? Judging our associations. Who we associate with. And, and a lot of this is based on the recent controversy you know, surrounding those that we are friends with. And I've been challenged on this. You know, do you want to associate with a guy that's got a friend that's a Calvinist? You know, do you, do you want to associate with somebody that's going to a meeting that's not an IFB meeting, you know, and things like that? I've been challenged on this. And let me tell you something. The decision on how this needs to be judged, I, I decided on how I'm going to judge a, a long time ago. So whenever it came up for me to make a decision, the decision was already made because, you know, I've been around in the IFB world for a while, and let me tell you, you think what you've seen going on this week is new? Let me tell you, there is nothing new. Let me tell you something about the new IFB. There's nothing new about the new IFB. Nothing. Okay? It's just, we're just like everybody else, and we got a bunch of carnal people that are in this movement. And when, they, when you get carnal, you start acting like a baby. And you do dumb stuff. And I've seen it a lot because, you know, there's a lot of carnal people in the old IFB too. And there, there's nothing new. And just understand that Christians who find their identity in men, they are carnal. They are babes in Christ. And let me tell you, I do not find my identity with any man. Now, my, our, my, our enemies always want to identify us with men. They do that all the time. Why? Because they're carnal. They, they do it because they're lost. The old IFB, they're all, they've been doing this for years, trying to label me with somebody, identify me with somebody. And, you know, I mean, I, it's amazing the people I've been identified with over the years. I've been identified with Ruckman for being King James only. And I used to think Ruckman must be a good guy because I used to get accused of being a Ruckmanite for being King James only. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm King James only. I, I thought it was a good thing. And then I found out what a Ruckmanite was. I'm like, I ain't no stinking Ruckmanite. But I used to think it was a good thing until I found out more about the guy. I've, I've been accused of being, you know, being a Hiles guy. I, mean, I heard Hiles, Jack Hiles preach three times in person. Never met the guy personally. I didn't go to his college. But yet people try to, because, you know, we're easy believism and things like that and preach hard. You know, you get accused of that. 
Um, I've been accused of being a Providence Baptist College graduate many times because I've got a bunch of friends that are Providence Baptist graduates. And so everybody just thinks I went to college there. I, when I was trying to raise support when I was going to start this church, I had a pastor who had me come who was going to you know, support me. And he told me while I, was, while I was there, he's like, I support all the church planners out of Providence. And I said, I'm not out of Providence. I didn't go there. And I never got any support from him. It, but I had to be honest. And Keith Gomez even told me one time, because I'd said something about that, and he's like, well, if they think you're successful, just tell them you are, are from Providence. <laughs> and so, you know, I'll do that right now, now that he doesn't like me anymore, just to embarrass him. But anyway, but, you know, I, I've, been accu- I've been accused of so many things. You know why? Because let me tell you something about the political. When it comes to politics and the IFB, it's petty, it's carnal. And these guys are big babies. So what do they do? When they don't like something you do, they attach a label on you. They stamp the name of a man on you because that's all they know how to do. They can't talk doctrine with you. They're not capable of sitting down and opening a Bible and showing they're on. What do they do? Let them stamp a big old Andersonite on your forehead. You know, stamp a big old Ruckmanite on your forehead or whatever just because they don't want to argue because they're carnal people. They all find their identity in men. But let me tell you something. I don't. I do not find identity in men. But, you know, I do like people. In fact, I like a lot of people. I probably like some people that I shouldn't like. And so I'm friendly with people. I'll be friends with people. I'll stand with people when they're doing things right, even though it gets me a whole bunch of you know names stamped on my forehead. That because but people who do that are carnal. They're carnal people. And so what I want to do in this message, I want to give us some principles on judging our associations as a church because I do. I believe this is something that needs to be judged because we live in a new age with some new situations. It's not like it was 20 or 30 or even 10 years ago. Okay? Back, you know, back in the day, to be associated with somebody, it meant you preached at the same conferences or you preached at their church and they preached at your church. But then, even if you preached at their church and they preached at your church, usually nobody knew about it. And, and so the only way people kind of knew is if you were advertising your meetings in the Sword of the Lord or in the Revival Fires. You know, it was kind of hard to be associated with somebody. But now, you know, the internet kind of connects everybody a lot more, doesn't it? You know, the internet, it kind of helps you figure out who, you know, who's friends with who, you know, who associates with who. And, you know, and when it comes to our church, you know, there's very little that's hid from the public eye. You know, everybody sees who we have in here preach. You know, everybody you know, sees where I go. And some churches are still like they were 30 years ago, where they're just not on the internet. You know, you have no idea who you, they associate with. You have no idea what they believe. In fact, you have no idea that they exist in many cases. And so they're just like sitting out in, you know, in the middle of a field somewhere, wondering why they never get any visitors in their church. And they're not, even, and then they're not even soulening either. It's like, how do you expect anybody to even find you? But that's another subject for another day. But the truth is. You know, we're, we're all over the Internet. Everybody can see what we're doing. And, you know, we benefited from that. And, and I believe others have benefited, too. You know, a lot of people listen to preaching. I think they get something out of it. But this way of being public is something that we did choose as a church. You know, those of you that weren't here, uh, who have only been here the last couple of years, this is something we talked about a long time ago. 
When we have some of our men's meetings, like we're going to have Friday, I'm like, you know, if we start putting the stuff online, start preaching certain things, it's going to start getting attention. Are we okay with that? You know, do we want to deal with all the scrutiny that comes along? And, you know, everybody's always had my back on that. And it isn't something that I just decided for myself. It was something that I talked with the men in the church about because I've been around this thing long enough. I know how these things usually go. And so far, no surprises. It pretty much was as expected. And so, but let me just say again, you know, if you find your identity as a Christian and a man, you are either carnal or you are a babe in Christ. If you are having envying, strife, and division because of men, it's because you are carnal or you're a babe in Christ. And so, before we judge our associations, let me start by saying that, you know, what we're seeing right, you know, what we're seeing going on right now, this isn't a new thing, all right? First off, I grew up with this kind of thing. I grew up in a pastor's home. I've seen, I've seen preachers get in fights so many times. Now, the way it looked back in my day growing up, today, you know, it's just like a YouTube video that they put out and everybody can see it. But the way it looked in my day, it was open letters, all right? Anybody, anybody's ever read open letters? In, you know, the Harshmans, they were there. Uh, they've been around this for a long time. Open letters were always the big thing. We would get, you know, my dad would get them mailed uh, to him at our church there, and you would read this big official open letter, you know, and it was this always this long, you could tell, man, they probably had a lawyer go over the words in that letter. You know, it wasn't like what we do, where it's just from the heart. You know, on a YouTube video. I mean, it was just well written. In fact, somebody just sent me one the other day. I'd forgotten about this when I'd read it. It was one that Jim Vineyard had written to Jack Scott over, I don't even remember what the controversy was. And then there was, and Jim Vineyard's letter, it was like a raving lunatic wrote it. It was like, and then Jack Scott wrote one back to him, and it was like super cool and calm. And it was, it was, it was, it was interesting, the dynamic there. But, um, you know, it, that was crazy. I remember when Jeff Fugit sent out, the, he sent out a whole church bus news against Jack Scott because of what he was teaching on the King James. I remember Keith Gomez put out, he had this uh, newsletter he would send out. He sent one out on that subject. You know, Dennis Coral did a thing, the Revival Fire, Sword of the Lord did a whole thing on me. Everybody was joining forces against Scott then, which was a good thing. But the thing, the thing is, they would all use these, this open letter method. And there's been a bunch of these things. I, I saw that my whole life. I remember when the repentance fight was going on. I, I remember all those things. I remember listening to Jack, uh, uh, it was I heard a tape of it of Jack Hiles preaching "Where Are the Nine in defense of Bob Gray uh, Senior because of his position on repentance that was actually right. I, I remember all these things. So just understand what we're seeing going on right now. This is not new stuff to me. This is this is what I grew up with. I've seen it. And, you know, I was right smack in the middle of the big fight, you know, against the post-trib, you know, doctrine with Keith Gomez and Sam Gitt against Pastor Anderson. And you want to talk about a battle of carnality there? That was as carnal as it gets. That whole meeting was against, not a doctrine, a man. The third, the third day of that conference, Sam Gitt at the morning meeting, at the Bible college, preached like a, did like a three-hour thing called "What's Wrong with Stephen Anderson." That that's what it was. 
he, that was where he said Steven Anderson was a millionaire. I mean, just made, made up all these crazy stories about him. And that afternoon, I went to Keith Gomez and I said, he spent the whole morning only talking about Stephen Anderson. He didn't even talk about doctrine. He only talked about Stephen Anderson. And I'm just giving him all these facts. I'm like, this isn't true. This isn't true. I'm, tell, I'm telling Keith Gomez. I said, he's going to go to your church tonight. And he's going to say the same stuff from your pulpit. I warn him. Every morning, what he, everything he preached in the evenings there, the, everybody saw, he preached in the morning at the college. I told Keith Gomez. He is going to get up in your pulpit tonight and he is going to tell lies. And here's the proof that these things are lies. And you know, Keith Gomez didn't stop him. He, he, he let him do it and then got humiliated by him. Why? Why did they do that? Because they're carnal. These are carnal people. All right? I understand Keith Gomez has been around for a long time. And I, I'm not saying he's a babe in Christ. But let me tell you, when that whole fight was going on, he was in the flesh. He fought that battle in the flesh and he got his rear kicked. You're not going to win fighting in the flesh. Sam Gibb got his backside kicked because he was fighting in the flesh. What's wrong with Steven Anderson? I, don't, I wonder what his text verse was for that message. I don't even remember to tell you the truth. But that, so folks, this is not new to me. I know politics. I know, I know more preachers. I mean, you're, you're going to have a tough time naming an IFB preacher in the KJV world, especially in Illinois, I don't know. I know these people. I know what's going on. I've seen the fights. When I was a kid, I used to sit there, and when my dad would be talking with preachers, they'd get going on the politics of preachers, and I used to listen to that stuff and eat it up, and I loved it. And as a carnal teenage kid, I loved when the fights got going on. I loved it. I ate it up. I made sure Dad let me see all the open letters that people were writing. And if they had had Facebook back then, and if I'd have been on Facebook, I'd have been like all these knucklehead new IFB keyboard warriors calling everybody reprobates and just you know stirring things up. I'd have been like every one of these morons that are on there just throwing preachers in hell because they made a mistake. I mean, just all these people that are exposing everybody. That Maria YouTube, she's always watching all our stuff. She's already taken notes of everybody that wished Michael Johnson a Merry Christmas and, you know, is marking these people. I'd have been just like her as a kid. Some of us grow out of that stuff. I just lost a subscriber right there. I don't give a rip. But it, so this, this is kid stuff, all right? So I, I say all this to just let you know I've, I've been around this thing. I've seen it. And so... As a result, you know, when I and when I got let me tell, when I got involved with this crowd, first off, when I got involved with this crowd, nobody was saying new IFB then. It was that wasn't even a thing. Nobody even used that term. I never in a million years would have, and I never million in I would never in a million years join a movement or join a, any. I, I, I'm not going. We're not going to join anything. I already fought that battle. Back before we started the church, when I had Baptist people trying to get me to join up with this uh, Illinois Association, I forgot what's called of Independent Baptist, that and you know that can help you get your church planted a lot easier. They help raise support. I had all these people tell me you need to join this association. I said I'm not joining any associations. 
We're an independent Baptist church. If any of those people want to support me and help get a church plant going, they can send me their money. But if they think I'm going to join anything and sign anything showing I agree with their doctrinal statement, they're crazy. I'm not going to do that. I already fought that battle a long time ago. I didn't go and fight that battle and say no to that so I can go sign some new IFB you know, pledge. Never done that. Never, and, and, you know, and I'm going to keep getting accused of that forever, but I don't care. They, I, don't, I don't care what those people... I don't, I don't worry about what my enemies say about me, and I don't adjust what I do to make sure we help the perception of our enemies. They're going to twist things however they want to twist it, and I don't care. When I got involved with this crowd and with the people that are in this crowd, it's because I just, I wanted, I just wanted to encourage them. That was it. You know, I never thought, you know, and I hate to say this, I hope, I hope anybody, any of you that have moved here took this the wrong way. I never thought anybody would move to Rock Falls for our church. It's Rock Falls. You know, I, I never, I, I never expected that. I knew people moved out to Phoenix to go to church. I never thought anybody would move here. I just, I didn't, I thought, you know, I thought you only move places where there's like mountains, where there's warmer weather. You know, that's what I thought. And, so, you know, imagine my surprise when some of you did. I'm glad you did. You know, thank God for it. I just, I'm always hoping people don't regret it. I never, I never twist people's arms and move here. Never. And it's not that I don't like it. I'm happy here. But I would just hate to have someone uproot their family, come out here, and then, like, hate it. You know, and so I don't, I don't twist anybody's arm. But if they do it, that's fine. I just wanted to be encouragement to those who are doing great things for God. The only ulterior motive I had, and I had an ulterior motive and that was, I did want people out there to know what I believed when it came to end times and the Jews. And I was hoping it would bring some of these people out of the closet. And I was, I just, I, that was it. I was hoping maybe people know there's another guy out here preaching these things. Maybe some of these others will come out of the closet. Because I can't be the only one noticing this stuff in the scriptures. There's no way I'm the, I, there's no way I'm the only, only one in Illinois that's read my Bible and seen that the pre-trib rapture is just a total joke and a fraud. There's no way I'm the only one seeing that, and I was hoping people would come out of the, you know, out of the closet as a result of it. And so, as a result of doing this, our online presence have grown. People who uh, and people who are outside this church have seen me as like a leader in this movement. And folks, within a few months of me coming out, you know, post-trib and everything, I. I got on Facebook one time, and I remember I was reading a comment on there, and somebody was talking about one of my messages that I preached on end times, and they said, a prominent post-trib pastor. And I'm like, what? And they were talking about me. How am I a prominent post-trib preacher? I've been preaching this publicly for like three months. And I just immediately, because of an association, was seen as this like prominent post-trib preacher. I was like, that is weird. You know, I, I, th- I thought that was so weird. People like people always like talking to me like I'm this leader in this movement. Pastor Tommy, you need to say something about this. You know, you're you're a leader in this. Mo- really? What's my title? You know, where's my pay? You know, I, I I'm I just pastor a church and I have a YouTube channel. That's it. I, you know, I don't I don't see where that gets me any extra rank. You know, okay, so maybe some people pay attention to it, but. Do you see how that kind of talk makes us look like a denomination? That's wrong. Okay? I never I never signed up. I never agreed 
to hold any position that's outside this church. I never agreed to that, and I'm not going to do that. I never signed up to lead anything. I never signed up to tell any other pastor what to do. I've only had one goal. I want to cheer on those that are doing the right thing. That's all I've ever wanted to do. That's all I've ever done. I did it I did it, when I was in the old IFB. I did that type of thing. And you know what? I still cheer on the old IFB when they're doing right. And I wish I could associate with the old IFB more. But, you know, they're deeply entrenched in politics. And when, they, when somebody prominent puts a stamp on you or puts you on a blacklist, they all follow suit. And are gonna, they, you know, they don't want to have anything to do with me. Their popes have, you know... Said no, no to Tommy McMurtry, and and they're going to follow. And so, uh, you know, I I think that's ridiculous. You know, I did. I, you know, the the groups I hung out with the football camp. I I helped out at the football camp for almost ten years. They knew I was post trib for three of those years, and it was fine. I even I even asked them. I said. Hey, do I need to step down? I understand you guys are preaching. I'm not going to come here spreading my post-trib beliefs. But at the same time, if you only want pre-tribbers, I get it. You won't hear anything from me. I'll gladly step down. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Keith Gomez gets mad at me. All of a sudden, I don't get my invitation to come back the next year. But, you know, they're not in a denomination. You know, they don't have a pope. But you know, but but I do. I think I think that's interesting. But you know, folks, proof too that this, I've already made all these decisions. Go back and watch my original interview I did with Pastor Anderson. Where everybody found out who I was. The whole reason I did that interview, I got sick and tired of all the lies that people were saying about him. I had all my preacher friends telling me you can't hang out with him because of this. You you know you shouldn't do this. They're all trying to tell me what to do. And I'm just like, that's weird. Why? And I got so sick of it, of him being accused of junk that I knew wasn't true. I was like, you know, I'm going to show these people. I'm going to go live on YouTube where the whole world can see it. And I'm just going to ask him about all these things. And that's exactly what I did. And you know what? Nobody, none of my old friends ever came to me after that with another Pastor Anderson room. None of them. They all figured it out. But they never talked to me either after that. <laughs> you know, I, I was done. I was done after that. But I did. I just got sick of it. I was like, I'm sick of these people telling me what to do. I'm tired of that. I thought we were an independent church. I can't fellowship with who I want to fellowship with. I can't preach what I want to preach without these people losing their minds over it. I've had enough of that. And so I, I mean, you can go listen to the questions I asked. You know, it was very clear it wasn't about agreeing on every little thing. It was about actually being independent. And so what I want to do, I want to look at some Bible principles that we should follow when it comes to our association. So, yes, I am associated with people like Pastor Anderson. I'm associated with a lot of people. You know, they they identify with me with these people. I mean, I I get accused all the time. I get held accountable all the time for stuff that Pastor Anderson says. And other pastors in the movement say you know, he has to deal with the same junk too. And, but at the end of the day, that's stupid. That's really stupid. And so let's look at a few things and just see how ridiculous this is. So first off, we should not associate with those who will affect our church in a negative way. Okay, look what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2 in verse 16. 
It says, But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. And their word, word will lead us death the canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having the seal. The Lord knoweth them that are His, and let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Right here, this is telling us to shun profane and vain babblings. Why? Because they increase unto more ungodliness. There were it eats Hymenaeus Philetus. They caused they they overthrew the faith of some good people because of their bad teaching. And if we are a fellowshipping, if we are associating with someone whose teaching is overthrowing the faith of people in our church, then you know what we need to do? We need to distance ourselves from those people. If somebody that we're fellowshipping with, somebody that I'm friends with as a pastor, somebody that I would support, promote, whatever as a pastor, if their teaching is causing people in our church to lose faith, you know what I need to do? I need to get away from that guy. I need to say, you know what, I'm not going to let that guy come into our church and spread his stupidity and to spread his filth. It's hurting our church. Okay? Now listen, there's, not two, there's no two pastors in the world are, that are going to agree on everything. There's there, not there. But the truth is, there's a lot of areas where we can have disagreement. And you can, we can even have major disagreements in some areas. And as long as it's not negatively affecting our church then I don't think we have anything to worry about. Now, if we have a really carnal church that's just full of babies in Christ, then my friendship with another pastor, maybe where he preaches something a little different, might start causing division in our church. You know, maybe because he preaches something a little different on the Lord's Supper, all of a sudden we've got a faction of people who like that other pastor better. They want to do the Lord's Supper at home instead of at church with everybody else. You know, that's pretty pathetic if that happens. But that'd be the case if we have a bunch of babies. But you know what? The truth is, we have, fr we have friends that do Lord's Supper different, and, and we're all still united here and getting along and doing things right. So I'm not worried about it. It's, it's, not, it's not a problem. It's not hurting our church if they do that a little bit different. I, I still want to be friends with them. It's not hurting our church in any way. But it is, it's very easy for someone's preaching to affect our church in a great way today because of the internet. So back in the day, you'd have to go buy their tapes. They would have to actually come into the church and preach something. And even if they did come to the church and preach something, usually, you know, protocol was, you know, don't preach something that the pastor wouldn't want you preaching. You know, that, that was kind of the way it went. But at the same time, if he had books, if he had tapes that they could find, they might start listening to those. But now it's even easier because of the Internet. I have somebody come in here. They've got a YouTube channel. You go subscribe on there. And you can start watching all their sermons. And if they're preaching stuff that's different, preaching something that's weird, that could potentially affect you. But if you're not carnal, you know what you're going to do? You're going to follow what our church is doing. You're going to be united with your church, not somebody else's church. So just once again, understand if another pastor's preaching is affecting our church in a negative way, and that very well could happen. There's a good chance that the problem is not that preacher. The problem's us. We, we stink. We need to grow up. We need to start being mature Christians. You know, so there... You know, there was a time you could just say, too, you know, I'm just not going to have that guy come preach for me. But now, so you can go, y'all can go listen to whoever you want at home. There's nothing I can do to stop it. 
You know, there's and there's a lot of possibilities. Back in the day, the only people they had to really worry about was the TV preachers. But those guys were pretty easy to identify, you know, because it was the John Hagees and Benny Hens and, you know, Paul and Jane Crouch, people like that, you know, back in the 90s. I don't know who they all are today. You know, Joy, if you get fooled by Joyce Meyer, we don't even want you in this church. Okay? But, said the internet, there's a lot more potential for, for problems. And so I don't want to go inviting potential problems into this church. So, you know, I am going to take that into consideration. And if I see a pastor out there who's preaching is starting to hurt our church, you better believe I'm going to distance myself from him. But let's look at the recent controversy, all right? How, how bad has our church been affected by this going back to the Greek documentary? All right? Anybody leaning Calvinist uh, right now? All right. Is anybody, you know, is anybody thinking, you know, Pastor Tommy, you know, I want you, you know, we have, we have, we've had the people come through here that don't think I'm like Pastor Anderson enough. You know, I haven't, nobody in here has tried to get me to go get a Calvinist friend. You know, nobody's like, you know, Pastor Tommy, no, and it, it hasn't affected us at all. Have y'all heard me preaching any Calvinism since that documentary came out because of who somebody else hangs around? No, it, it hasn't affected us at all. And if, it, and if it did, it means we've got some serious carnality going on in this church. That's absolutely ridiculous. You know, what are we going to do? You know, if a Calvinist comes to our church, do we now have to allow Calvinist? If a Calvinist comes to our church, we'll let them sit and hear the preaching if they can take it. But if they start spreading it, we'll throw them out on their backsides. You know, I don't care, I don't care who it is. You know, we haven't changed anything on that. And, you know... And, you know, now there's been, you know, like I said, people keep bringing up these videos, too, where Pastor Anderson was talking about never having fellowship with Calvinists and things like that. And people are telling me, too, you know, the Pastor Anderson, he's just way too close. He went to this conference and he was saying amen. And there was bad people at this conference. And, you know, but, and, you know, he, he posted links on his YouTube channel to these things. And, I, and here's what we have to ask ourselves, okay, does that count as associating? Does that count as promoting? Because first off, does anybody in here, and you might not want to admit if this you, I mean, who sees every little thing that Pastor Anderson puts out? Who checks every link that's on his YouTube videos? Alright? I don't want to look like I'm not a very good friend or anything. I don't even watch all his messages. Right? <laughs> you know, I, I watch a lot of the clickbaits, you know, but, and I, I, you know, but, Folks, that's just weird. Who watches somebody else that close? Okay, I don't even think you all watch me that close. Do you, do you all check all the links that I put on our YouTube videos? Most of you probably don't even pay attention to YouTube because you're here and you hear you hear the preaching. But that, that's just so weird. And so now uh, I can't I can't hang around Pastor Anderson because he leaves links to Calvinist channels, and I don't want anybody to think that I'm a Calvinist. So somebody's going to think you're a Calvinist because Pastor Anderson puts a link to a Calvinist video on his YouTube channel. But we can't disconnect ourselves that much from people. Do you realize how separated that is? We're not a stinking cult. That's just weird. And not, I'm not going to do that. And, but that, that's where we're at today. You know, and at the end of the day, you know, the man's still preaching against Calvinism. You know, and I brought that up with one pastor. I'm like, you know, he just preached at the Red Hot Preaching Conference 
you know, and, and this is what I said, why I hate Calvinism. And he's like, no, it wasn't why I hate Calvinism. It was what I hate about Calvinism. It's like, that's not good enough. I, you know, that's not, that means there's some things they probably like. Uh, you know, no, I, I don't know. I think, I think that's pushing it. I don't hang on every word of his. I do hang on every word of this. But I don't hang on every word of any pastor, folks. That's just weird. And don't, don't hang on every word that I preach from the pulpit. I sometimes listen and I just have the wrong thing come out of my mouth. Sometimes, and sometimes, too, I just flat out get things wrong. You know, we don't hang on every word of any man. That's carnal right there. That, that's, that's weird. And, you know, some might say he's compromised because he's not as mean to Calvinists. But, you know, let me just be honest. I actually think he's went, gone too far in the past going after the Calvinists. And listen, uh, let me just make a confession to you. All right, maybe I am more like Pastor Jensen. I actually do have a loose friend that's a Calvinist. And we were actually on our way to a meeting where Pastor Jensen was going to be preaching. I was going to be preaching. And on the way there, you know what we did? We stopped. We, were, we weren't far from some people we knew that are Calvinists. And we ate dinner with them. Okay? And listen, while we were there, literally like that week, Pastor Anderson had just ripped Calvinists up in one of his messages. Ripped them to pieces. Pretty much threw them all in hell. And this guy, too, he watches some of Pastor Anderson's stuff sometimes. And I was like, man, I hope you didn't see that message. <laughs> he won't want to eat. If it, anyway, we were there eating, and Pastor Anderson came up with a conversation because we were going to be going to this meeting he was going to be at. And uh, I was just like, so did you see his message he preached on Sunday or whenever it was? By any chance, he was just like, yeah, I saw it. <laughs> and, you know, I was just like, and the thing is, too, I, I'm going to have a bunch of people break fellowship with me. I kind of think this guy saved. Now, I'm not going to put his name out there because then somebody's going to go investigating him and reading all his stuff and watching all his videos, listening to hours and hours of sermons, and then I'm going to get held accountable for everything he preaches. Okay? I don't, you know, so I, I don't want to necessarily publicly associate with this guy. And, you know, he doesn't want to publicly associate with me either. So I'm not, but, you know, we get along with each other. I'm not, but I'm not going to name him because, yeah, it would, it would get him and it would get both of us in trouble. Because of all the new IFB keyboard warrior nut jobs that are out there. Man, let me tell you, that if, if this was a movement that you could join, I wouldn't join it. There's too many weirdos in it. Wait, there's way too many weirdos in it. I'm, I'm sick of it. So I got that off my chest, finally confessed about going out to dinner with the Calvinist family. But listen, you know, we've had people that have come here, past transit. He was their real pastor. But... Those people who they were that were here, they were here already because of his influence. Okay, they weren't people who were here, found out about him through me, and then were influenced negatively. Those people were just—they they were knuckleheads. That wasn't his fault. So the man's never done anything negative to our church. He's actually done more positive for our church, and so you know, it, the good outweighs the bad at the end of the day. And, you know, I'm sure, too, in fact, I know this is the case. I talked to him. I said, you know, it's annoying sometimes when, you know, you preach something that's different than what we preach, and then we got to listen to knuckleheads. Because Anderson preaches it this way. It's like, well, go to his church then, you know. And he said he deals with the same stuff, too. And the thing is, most of the people in his church who listen to our preaching, 
they only know about us because of him. You know, they didn't find out about us first and then go to his church. No, they knew about him through him, found out about us. Then we preach stuff that's contrary to him. And then he's got to listen to those knuckleheads. (laughs) So I think he gets the raw end of the deal in a lot of these things. But the truth is, you know, it's, it's not about him. Okay. It, you know, and if somebody comes to our church for six months and, you know, they're still just constantly naming the name of Anderson all the time instead of the name of Christ, you know, that's when they can hit the road as far as I'm concerned. You know, they can, they can, go, they can go move to Phoenix and uh, go to church out there. But turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 14. Now, I know this is old IFB. I'm not doing a whole lot of Scripture tonight. I'm just speaking from the heart, just trying to help you all out. And I do appreciate all of you that have not gotten all caught up in the midst of all this controversy I'm glad that when all the stupidity is being barfed all over YouTube and Facebook, that it's not you guys. I'm really thankful for that because there's, there's a lot of stupidity going on. But we, so we shouldn't associate with people who are, affect, are going to affect our church in a negative way. We have not been affected in a negative way by anything that any pastor in this movement has done. None. And so I don't, I don't think we need to worry about that. We also should not associate with those who will cause us or influence us to go against things that we stand for. It says in 2 Timothy 4.14, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Of whom be thou ware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. Okay? The reason this guy was bad, it wasn't just because he had another opinion, but this guy was working to hold up the work that they were doing as a church. As a church, we have, we have goals, we have things that we're working towards, things that we want to accomplish, and if there's those that are out there that are actively trying to hold us up, trying to stop us, trying to, you know, get it, you know, preaching at our church and telling people who are talking about moving to our church that they shouldn't move to our church, you know, somebody's just working against that right there, that's a problem. That's somebody we might want to say, you know what? I don't really want to be identified with this guy. They're holding up the work that we're trying to do. Here we are trying to accomplish things, and they're undoing what we're trying to accomplish. You know, that preacher's unpreaching what I'm trying to preach to you all. And if that starts to happen, where it's like I'm just constantly, I constantly have to defend myself and defend everything, the little thing I preach because of some other preacher, that's when I might need to distance myself a little bit. But even then, Chances are that's you all being knuckleheads and, you know, just wasting your time with the church and with a pastor that's not your church, not your pastor. And I, I'm all for you listening to other preachers. I, I said, I don't think it's hurt our church. I think it's actually helped our church because there's a lot of good preaching that's out there that you can listen to. So, but we shouldn't waste our time with people that are hindering the work we're trying to accomplish for the Lord. Our mission is to win the lost, you know, and so... Um, you know, we're not going to go on every crusade that other, another pastor gets involved in. We're not going to do that, you know. And we shouldn't get hindered by trying to fight with people who aren't against us, who aren't hurting us. Now, now, you all know, when there's a fight to be had, I'm ready to get involved. And sometimes I'm ready to get involved and I probably shouldn't get involved. You all know that. okay? But the truth is, there are some people we just shouldn't waste our time fighting because... That will hold our work up. 
Okay, Mark 9.38, And John answered him, saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and he followeth not us, and we forbade him, because he followeth not us. He's not in our group. He didn't sign our pledge. He's not in our denomination. He's not very new IFB. Whatever. And I'm sick of saying that. I, don't, I said, folks, we're not new IFB. We join nothing. But I don't run from I don't run from labels. If somebody wants to call, okay, fine. You know, depending on what you think it means, you know, if it, if it just means hard preaching, if it means post trib, it means you know non dispensational KJV. Okay, fine. Yeah, we are. If it means we're knucklehead, mouthy keyboard warriors, yeah, forget that. Count me out of that. Jesus said, Forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. For he that is not against us is on our part. First, he shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because ye belong to Christ. Verily I say to you, he shall not lose his reward. I mean, if there's people out there, they might do something nice for us. They might encourage us. And they're not necessarily what we are. But the Bible says if they're just giving you a cup of water in my name because what you're doing is good, they're not going to lose a reward for what they did. I'm not going to beat that person up. I'm not going to fight that person. I'm not going to waste my time. Okay, you know, and the thing is, too, you know, with, with this Pastor Danger Johansson, I mean, folks, that documentary, going back to the Greek, was a massive blow to most of your Calvinist crowd. A vast majority of that Calvinist that was a huge punch in the nose to James White. And you know what? Maybe that guy still got a Calvinist uniform on. But you know, when me, if I'm on the other side, you know, shooting at the Calvinists, and I see one of their guys in their uniforms taking out the generals and taking out the guy, I'm not shooting at that guy. Okay? Now, I'm not ready to let him come fight alongside me with a gun because I don't know, he might turn on me too. I don't know the guy, but if I do, if I see a guy on the other side killing my enemies, I'm not shooting at him. But yet, our crowd wants to go watch all his stuff, do background checks, you know, hire private eyes. I mean, I don't know if he's gone that far, but doing all these things, that's just weird. I'm not, that's going to withstand your work. So, just, we, we don't have to get caught up in everything, in every crusade. It's, just, it's, not, it's not our problem. So the, real, the reality is that very little that any church does outside of this local community affects us in a negative way. Except for TV preachers, maybe some big name evangelicals. They have influence in our community, but not the guys that we're fellowshipping with. Okay. Have we had, have anybody had any arguments with anybody out soul winning over something any new IFB preacher preaches that's contrary to what we preach? Has that ever happened? We've I've only ever ran into one that even knew any of us, and it was Donnie Romero. A guy I will tell that story right now. That's an interesting story. You all know that's not Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. Gave me a documentary handed to them by Donnie Romero in Las Vegas. What was he doing in Las Vegas? I don't want to know. But sure enough, that guy, that guy knew he was. That, that, that's the closest thing that's ever happened. But it's interesting, these people were saved. You know, they gave pretty good testimony to something. I think, I think they were saved. So, you know, you know we're, we're not being hurt by these people. 
None of, them, none of the pastors I'm friends with are hurting our church in a negative way, but also we should not associate with churches whose behavior is affecting our church in a negative way. Now, I'm a, I'm a, I've already gone way long on this, but go ahead and turn over to uh, Second Kings or First Kings chapter 11, verse 5. The Bible says, For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and went not fully after the Lord, as did David his father. Then did Solomon build a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, and the hill that is before Jerusalem, and for Moloch, the abomination of the children of Ammon. And likewise did he for all his strange wives, which burn incense and sacrifice unto their gods. Why did Solomon just? He had these strange wives. These people, these, their, their influence, it rubbed off on him, and he started doing things that were really bad. Things that he wouldn't have done before. And you know, if the people that we hang around, it can affect our behavior. And it probably will affect our behavior. But you know, our, our hanging around people is pretty limited when you know, they're thousands of miles away. Yeah, you can see stuff online and everything that keeps us more connected. But here's the thing. You know, what has negatively impacted our behavior as a church since we started hanging around the people we hang around? Do we have more people going soul winning? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and how about even just behavior itself? Okay, now, there's behavior that goes on in this crowd that I don't particularly care for. I don't particularly care for the language that many preachers use. I, I do not agree with that. I do not support that. I do not participate in that. But you know what? Nobody's done it around here. And if anybody does, we'll correct them and we'll say, hey, that's not what we do here. Well, so and so, I don't care. <laughs> Let your kids try that argument with you in your house. That's not what we do here. Every word of the Lord is pure. I, I get that, but you know what? We'll use the word, Bible words the way the Bible uses them. And when you show me where the Bible says what the H for anything, then go ahead and say it. But I don't see that used in that way. Okay. I understand every word of God is pure, but I don't really understand why cursing people, you know, is necessarily the thing. I don't agree with that. Okay? I get, yeah, I get words for going to the bathroom are in the Bible, but I don't get where that's associated with being angry. That I, I don't see the Bible using the word in that way. So if you want to use biblical terms around here and in this pulpit, go ahead and do it, but use them in a biblical way. And... When if all of a sudden every time you guys get up here and you're preaching, you're what the H and everything, you know what? I'm gonna have to say, all right, you know, I guess we got a problem. Either we're too close to these people, or you all are very carnal, and you can't follow some simple rules. So just gonna have to, gonna have to get over. You know, we need to get over that. That hasn't happened. You know, you got to be careful too. You know, I remember when I was a youth director. I noticed when we would fellowship with other church, take teenagers and things, you know, stuff would rub off on the teenagers. You know, the way they dress, the way they act. Sometimes it was good, sometimes it was bad. But, you know, there's a lot of things I've seen in these churches, other churches I've been into, that I think is good. I would like for you all to see. You know, I would encourage you to, you know, if you're in these areas, go visit these churches. There's some good, there's some, there's a lot of good things going on there that I would, I think would be good for you all to see and good for you all to experience. So I would, I would encourage any of you, you know, plan your vacations around some of these places. Go visit these churches. And I, I personally think you'd probably pick up some good stuff. But anyway, let me, I need to close this out. So to sum it all up with any association, you know, the problem is when an association becomes more powerful 
than the local church body. And in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12, he goes and he kind of gives the offices and the structure that he gave for the church. And you know what? As a pastor, you know, I want churches that are doing right to rub off on us. I want certain preachers to rub off on me. You know, and I might need one guy's zeal, but I might need to balance it off with another guy's wisdom. You know, we all we all need a little bit of that, and when we're too close and too and too associated, sometimes their drama can become our drama. And that's happening in some churches. Drama that's going on with other people, it's spilling over into these other churches, and folks, that's pathetic. You know, that's pathetic. You know, if you all are going to get mad at me and you're going to leave this church over something another pastor does. I didn't do it. Yeah, but you didn't take a position. I didn't know I had to. I, where was that? In the, you know, in the new IFB protocols that I signed up for. That, you know, one man's fight, you know, one church's fight is all our fight. And we all have to take a position and take a side. I don't remember reading that in the handbook. I don't remember the handbook. So sh- shut up. Get over yourself. Stop being stinking carnal. And focus on your church. You know, we're not going to take into consideration also how associations make us look to our enemies or the enemies of our friends. I don't, I don't care. Well, you know, if you have this guy preach, this person think, I don't care. I, I got over that three years ago. And I'm not about to get worried about that again. I am not so self-obsessed that I think that everything that another pastor does causes the entire IFB world to look at me. You know, that's what they're... No, I don't think that. And if they do... If somebody comes to me, and I, they've done it before, folks. They've come and they've rebuked me for something another pastor has done. Can you, can you please show me the sermon where I preach that? Can you show me where I said that? Why, why do people do that? That's, just, that's what enemies do. We're not going to let enemies influence what we do as a church. I'm not going to let enemies influence who I associate with as a pastor. And there's a lot of IFB guys out there that I like that don't want to associate with me because of who I associate with. And you know what? I say I feel sorry for them that they're in a cult. I feel sorry for them that they're not allowed to do what they want to do, even though they like me. They can't associate with me. They can't come preach at our church. They can't do anything because they're in a stinking denomination. You know, that stinks for them, but that's not us. I'm not going to do that. Second Timothy 1.8 says, Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. You know, I'm not ashamed of the fact that every time I see a Baptist preacher on the news for preaching the truth, it's one of our friends. I'm not ashamed of that. In fact, I'm kind of proud of that. I don't want to associate with that. Verse 16 says, The Lord give mercy in the house of... Onesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. Yeah, our friends, they get run through the ringer all the time. They get bashed all the time. I'm not ashamed. They're doing great things for God. And I'm going to keep being friends, and I don't care what other people think. I don't care what label gets attached to me. That's fine. They, they can do that. I'm not so self-obsessed. I'm going to make everything that everybody else does about me. It's, it's not about me. And literally, nothing new IFB related affects our local community. Nothing. It does not affect our local community. Not at all. It does affect 
our online presence, and it definitely affects my political standing in the IFB world, but it doesn't affect the soul winning in our local area. Not at all. You know, I've never one time, you know, been asked about pumpkins when I'm out soul winning. <laughs> never. Even these people with all the work they've done. Google has our church listed as McMurtry's pumpkin patch. I can't figure out how to change it. But you know what? Nobody's ever come out here looking for McMurtry's pumpkin patch. People come out looking for Liberty Baptist Church all the time. You know, yeah, this, this is kind of the, the our, what we've done. It has not affected our community in a negative. Not at all. Nobody's brought it up. You know, you're that church that, you know, and that tells me we're not doing enough. You know, aren't you that church that hates the homos? We haven't even had that yet. You know, with, with all we do, boosting posts, you know, trying to get you know, handing out YouTube cards. It, it, it actually takes a lot for that to happen. And yet people are terrified of that. And I just say all that to say, when it comes to our associations, it's not really a big deal. It, unless it's affecting our church in a negative way, we don't need to worry about what everybody does. Whenever something weird happens in this crowd and stuff weird happens all the time, it, doesn't, it shouldn't be an earth-shattering thing in our church. It, and, it, and you know what? It isn't. Okay? Yeah, sometimes it's entertaining and we talk about it. But that's because we're carnal too sometimes. But if we were really carnal, it would actually hurt us. And it hasn't. And I say all that to just say, we are, I, I'm not, I'm not going to let people challenge. I'm not, when, if a pastor in this movement does something that I don't like, or that I think is a huge problem, I don't need any other pastors calling me up. Do you want to be associated with that? Uh, I guess not, so I won't do that. Yeah, but aren't you going to make a video telling everybody you're not his friend, you're independent, whatever? I don't need to make a video doing that. I, I am independent. Okay? Listen, People who have to go around beating their chest talking about they're independent, they're not independent. Truly independent people never talk about it. And I never talk about it. Because that's how independent I am. <laughs> so, with that, final note, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. And Lord, I, I just I pray this with hope, Lord. I was just trying to speak from the heart tonight. Lord, there's a lot of things that people get caught up in, that, uh, a lot of, you know, drama that stirs things up sometimes. Lord, I thank you that it hasn't affected our church in a negative way. And I pray it never does. Lord, there's a lot of uh, people out there that hate what we do. They hate what we stand for. They hate our friends and what they do and what they stand for. And they'll do whatever they can to cause division and, and stir up strife. But I pray, Lord, that we'll, uh, we'll have the wisdom to avoid that stuff and to just keep on doing right and keep on being an example and an encouragement to those doing right. In your name we pray. Amen. Well,